friends, welcome to the Modern Mamas podcast. We're here to provide a safe space for open dialogue, insights, and anecdotes about empowered pregnancy, labor, delivery, parenthood, and everything in between with zero judgment and open hearts and minds. I'm Jess, a level one CrossFit trainer and a licensed and certified athletic trainer. I have my master's in kinesiology and I'm currently studying to be a certified nutrition consultant and a birth fit coach. I'm the blogger behind Hold the Space Wellness as well as a mom to two small kiddos. And I'm Laura, a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, birth fit Santa Cruz regional director, and mama to Evie Wilder. I'm also the owner of Radical Roots. Head over to MyRadicalRoots.com to find recipes, insights, and nutrition consulting. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We're so happy you're here. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. We have pretty much the episode we've all been waiting for right Uh now. Um, We're going to talk about Laura's birth story today. And I don't know about you guys, but I love listening and hearing about other people's birth experiences for a lot of different reasons. Number one, it helps you, if you've never been through it before, can help you prepare. Um, And number two, it can kind of let you know that there are so many different ways for babies to be brought into the world. Um, and that it's all okay, um, you know, depending on how you wrap your head around, whether it's a positive or a negative experience for you. But, um, I'm so excited to hear Laura's particular experience because I know (laughs) she has put in to place a lot of things that we talk about here on the podcast. Um, so I'm just excited to see how it went in general. And we really haven't purposely, purposefully talked about it, I guess, you know, off air like via text or anything like that because I kind of just wanted to like hear the whole thing through um but yeah it's going to be super exciting but before we do that let's kind of like just get a few updates we've been doing a lot of recording lately with with guests and so Mm -hmm. we haven't had some one-on-one time but how are things how's Evie have you been to the doctor like (laughs) have she she gaining weight you guys doing okay (laughs) Yeah, we're great. So I guess this is the first episode where we're even announcing, right, that she's here. I think we did a, yeah, we've been recording. It's interesting, like kind of uh, out of order and whatnot. So for for those of you who don't know, even though I've put her on social media and whatnot, um, Evie Wilder Bruner joined us last week on, on, not September, where am I? On June 20th. (laughs) And, um, it was an amazing experience. I'm super excited to share that today. She is, she lost two ounces and was already back to birth weight within like three days. So she's a healthy little one. She's, um, she was six pounds, seven ounces at birth and, um, is back to that and getting all chunky. I'm looking at it right now. I'm holding her. So you guys might hear throughout this some like coos and breastfeeding and whatnot, but, um, she's putting on, she's getting these little rolls and they're just the cutest thing ever. And I'm just so, so in love. Uh, there's those of you listening who are moms, you get it. If you're not, and you're planning on it someday, it's not really something you can understand until you're there and you have this little one in your arms. And, um, I'm going to try not to cry throughout this, but it probably will happen <laughs> because all the emotions. So yeah. today I am nine days postpartum. Um, so I'm bringing you this birth story, super fresh. And, uh, any updates I have are basically just like, well, she's pooping a lot. And I'm like so proud of her when she burps and poops. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Cause as a mom or parents in general, it's like, Oh, they pooped. Yay. Or if they're not pooping, it's like a topic of conversation yes. for like days. Your child's like freaking bowels. bowels. 
<laughs> so all the sphincters up and down and all around. Um, oh, I love it. And I just like, I'm supposed to be napping and you know, you, they say sleep when she sleeps and I'm like, okay, I'm going to sleep. And then I'm just staring at her. I'm calling totally. it EVTV. <laughs> that is so adorable. <laughs> I just <sighs> stare at her for hours. So she's pretty perfect. I'm biased obviously, but, um, I'm totally in love and she's really good. And, uh, it's just, it's a miracle. I mean, that you have, you carry this life around in your belly for nine months. And then even like the thought and dream and like vision of this kid before that for me, especially, or for many moms, but, um, and then she's here and she's better than you could have imagined. And it's just, it's really special. So that's my, my updates probably for the next like few months will be about Evie. <laughs> and, uh, I'm sure that there's other stuff going on. Like life is good. My husband's pursuing fire and that's going really well. And I'm very proud of him. And he's been amazing throughout this process, but I'll get into that more in the birth story. But life is really good. Santa Cruz is awesome. The weather's warm. The sun's out. We've been out for a few walks now and that feels really great. It's fun. Yesterday we walked along, um, the water where I walked pretty much every day with her in my belly. And so to have her on the outside was like, it was very special kind of got goosebumps. Yeah. That's surreal. I'm sure it's crazy. I was watching your, um, there's a video on Facebook the other day. It's like you're, you and Rusty were like talking to her. Yeah. We should link to that because my, should totally. my, um, my doula was also a photographer and she's getting into videography and she's, she's unbelievable. So she did that for us for free as kind of like a, a gift, but also to help to kind of start, um, getting into the world of videography. And it was so special. We got mm-hmm. to dance around in the waves in Santa Cruz and talk to Evie, you know, so that someday we'll get to show her that. And uh, I was, she was in my belly. So it was very, very special. So we'll link to that and I'll talk more about my doula and that whole experience. But above all else, I'd say that's the best money we spent was having a doula and mostly for her doula capabilities. And then secondly, for the photography, we've gotten a sneak peek at some of the photos and it's unreal to be able to kind of like look at those and relive the experience is magical. So yeah, those are my updates. I, I have a baby. And I'm a mom. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I felt like a mom for like the past nine months. Like as soon as you get pregnant, I feel like for me, anyways, it's like okay, I, I feel like a mom. But there's not. It's nothing like when they're actually here. You know. So yeah, it's pretty absolutely. cool. What about you? Updates? Oh, God, I'm so boring compared to <laughs> you. It's crazy. I'm just plugging along again. About that. You have um, two kids. I do. They're awesome. They um, little one Camille. Um, is probably going to start walking here in the next month or so, Yay. which I, yeah, I have mixed feelings about it too. Cause like <laughs> we talked about with Dr. Bolin in a recent episode, them crawling for a long period of time is actually pretty awesome for their development. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, oh, do I really want her to be on the move? But it's also, it's like once they start getting mobile, mm-hmm. it's a whole other story. Oh my God. It's a whole nother story. So we'll how see. long has she been crawling for? She started crawling probably around seven or eight months. So she wasn't a super early crawler, which was fine, fine with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's got it down now. I mean, she's, that's her prefer, preferred, like, oh, method, motor transportation. Yeah, she, she can, like, <laughs> crawl across the room if something falls on the floor, like a snack or something from her brother. She is all oh, on that. That's so cute. <laughs> She's Can't adorable. Them. Oh my God. They're the best. They're- so you guys were already counting down. Jess and I have never actually met in person, which is so weird to think about because mm-hmm. we're super close friends and, um, we're planning a trip in May. So our little ones will meet and we'll meet, maybe we'll meet before then, hopefully, but yeah, yeah that's we'll, like, 
last. Uh, yeah, totally. And I would say right now it is so hot in Texas. I don't know how it is there in Santa Cruz, but it is freaking, it's like 70 and perfect. Oh, God, it's like 75 maybe. It's been over a hundred degrees, like oh. several days and Texas heat is like humid. I wish it, it's, it, there's nothing you can like experience no. until you've been I worked it, so. level, level one seminars in Texas and like Ugh. this gyms with no air conditioning and you just feel like your skin is melting oh off. It's the worst. I'm not going to lie. Very hot. Yeah. It's worth it for the mild winters, but yeah, summer is pretty yeah. brutal. Um, but I like the heat. So for yeah. me, it's not as bad. Like my husband could never in a million years live there because he, he melts and yeah. it's really not, not the best situation. So totally. But other than that, I'm just, uh, Eating food per usual. Nice. <laughs> was, and making delicious food. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I'm looking around me like, what, what do I have that's interesting? And I'm eating this Emmy's Organics. Have you seen these? Oh, I have. I haven't tried them yet, though. So, like, for my, for my job, I have to be able to, like, stop in different places and be able to, like, pick things that are, quote, unquote, somewhat healthy, you know, yeah. during the day. Um, otherwise I can just really like get caught up in eating crap, but these are so cool. I've never had them before. Um, the only questionable thing they have, not really questionable, but eh, the research is still out on is like agave agave syrup, but everything else is awesome. They're also a certified B corporation, which that's cool. Yeah. Laura and I are both, um, beauty counter consultants. Um, and one of the things that beauty counter is all about is, you know, they're a B corporation. So basically B corporation. E corporations are dedicated to like social and environmental like impact. Um, and so I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm going to look into these Emmy's organics a little bit more, but these are cookies. They're basically co- awesome. coconut based cookies. I always want to write to companies that use agave and be like, Hey, we can keep it vegan. Just switch to maple syrup. Yeah. Agave is basically processed like high fructose corn syrup. That's yeah. the issue. Yeah. And I was, I was, uh, reading up about it a little bit earlier and I know it's just it's highly a fructose based yes syrup so yeah yeah. like fructose syrup so but that's all right you know in 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 small doses yeah like all I was craving was vanilla ice cream so Rusty went out and got Luna and Larry's um coconut bliss ice cream and that's sweet with agave but again it's like super clean and it's a treat so yeah you shouldn't be having any sweeteners all the time anyway so true true that yeah Yeah. well okay Shall we dive in? I think we should. I'm dying. We're like, all right, let's get to the story. <laughs> like, stop talking about effing cookies. Let's get to the point. And on that note, sometimes I wish we could talk about it later, but I'm like, should we make our podcast explicit? Because sometimes, you know, a good curse word is really like yeah. necessary. And I, I don't know. I'm not like a big cusser, but you know. We need to learn how to bleep it out and then right. we'll be fine. Because it's hard not to sometimes. <laughs> I'm sure it'll come up and then we'll have to figure it out. Yeah, true. <laughs> okay. So let's dive so in. Dive I'm just, in. Yeah. I'm going to let you go for it. Okay. Um, so little Evie Wilder joined our world last week, which is so crazy. Um, I'm, I've had a lot of questions about like what I did to prepare and what I packed and stuff like that. And I, I think we'll save that for another episode. Cause now that I'm actually here and talking about it, I kind of just want to dive into the story. Um, so we'll do a whole episode on like preparing for labor and what to pack and stuff and what maybe I packed and didn't use. <laughs> and it might come up in this story anyways, but, um, about like two weeks in advance, we started laying out clothes and, and picking like what food I wanted to th- thinking I was going to eat during labor and, and all that. So we'll get more into that. Um, 
But I kind of just want to start with the, the evening where she decided to join us. Um, the day she, I went into labor, so it was Monday the 19th. That day I woke up. For like two days prior, I had been feeling um, a lot of pressure down there and like in my uterus, like kind of like uh, period cramping. And um, just, and it was always like the same time, like in the evening, like starting around like 7 or 8 p.m. and then kind of till I went to bed. So I should have known that that's probably when things were going to start. <laughs> um, and so I, on Monday, I went to acupuncture. I'd been doing, I think this was the third or fourth week in a row where the acupuncturist had been doing kind of like, let's start to get things moving. Um, at, on Monday I was, um, 39 and one and four. So that was three days before my due date. And so I went to acupuncture and then I went and saw a midwife, one of the midwives we were seeing and she checked me and it was one and a half centimeters and she said, nice and ripe. <laughs> so, um, I figured that was a good sign. I went home and like, we went for a, a nice walk. I worked out that morning at the gym. Um, but even that morning, like I had seen a little bit of blood, so I knew things were going to be happening soon. So I took it easy. Um, as I kind of had been the whole third trimester really, or, you know, listening to my body some days, a little more, some days, a little less. Um, and then, so got home from the appointment, went for a walk with rusty and then, um, just kind of had the afternoon, um, feeling a little tired, but feeling mostly just good had dinner, we were watching TV. Um, and then I went to bed and it was like nine o'clock and, um, or nine, nine 30 that I climbed in. <laughs> you can hear the coos at uh, nine 30 that I climbed in. Uh, I light this lavender ca- candle by my bed every night. And, um, it's always the last light that I turn out. And so I was laying there, like looking at the flickering candle and rubbing my belly and talking to Evie. And I said, Hey kid, like, um, this is going to be hard. It's going to be a lot of work for both of us. But, um, as soon as you're ready, we're, we're totally ready for you. And I blew out the candle, closed my eyes within five minutes. I hear a pop and, uh, I feel a gush and my water broken. And I like my heart, like it just like fluttered. Cause I was like, she heard me, you know, um, she knew that I was ready and she decided that she was too. And so, um, I actually made it to the bathroom without getting anything anywhere. I just went under a stopping wet and I texted my doula and, um, she was like, all right, cool. She asked if it was clear, making sure there's no meconium and everything was good. So she said, try and get some rest. Uh, it could be a while before anything starts and you want to sleep. So this was nine 40 at night. By the time I texted her, it was like nine, yeah, nine, whatever, 45. And so climb back into bed and first I was like, Hey, rusty. <laughs> Cause he was watching TV out, out in the living room. And I was like, my water broke. So I could hear him kind of, he came in and checked on me and then started getting stuff together just in case. Cause I had like laid out clothes, but hadn't packed them away yet. And so we started packing stuff, getting our food together that we had, um, I had a whole list of food I wanted to bring and, or to have prepared and climb back in bed within 10 minutes. I had my first like real contraction <laughs> and I chuckled to myself because I was like, there is no way I'm sleeping through these. This is it. We're starting. And so had a contraction that one I was able to like stay in bed for laid there and then looked at the clock. And then five minutes later, contraction hit. And this one, like, don't even think I could have talked through. I was in the room alone at this point. Um, so I climbed out of bed cause I was just not comfortable laying down and, um, got on my knees with my hands on my bed and just kind of like through the contractions. So the next one came again, five minutes later, just would kind of sway like forward and backward through them and just breathing. Um, Rusty came in and was like rubbing my back. So that was, I had two, five minutes apart. 
And then the next one hit three minutes later. <laughs> so I was like, okay, we're doing this. This is, this is happening. So next one hit three minutes later, same thing. At this point I could just kind of breathe through them. I wasn't like making noise or anything yet. I was just kind of like breathing and, and it was okay. But I knew that this was the real deal. So I texted my doula and let her know, like, I'm not sleeping where I'm in labor. <laughs> um, and she's like, okay, great. Just, you know, text me when you're, when you're ready for me to be there. She just kind of trusted my instincts and knowing that I would know when it was time for her to come. And the plan from the beginning was to labor at home basically until I felt pushy, like I was ready to start pushing. Because as a first time mom, it takes us a little longer to get the baby out. Very rarely if ever is, oh well, yeah, I'm sure ever, but very rarely is a first time mom going to have a baby in the car because uh, it takes, it's a lot of work that first one, especially. So, um, I labored for another, I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to have her come over about midnight. Um, and at 11, they started getting really intense. So came out to the living room, I had a yoga ball, was laboring with like my knees on the ground and, um, hands on the ball and just kind of like swaying and with Rusty, like taking care of me, rubbing my back, um, and figure like learning how to breathe through them. So they'd be the most effective. Um, and one thing that I will tell any mama is that when you're in labor, you have to use the contraction to your advantage and not fight it. Um, I had a few probably throughout the whole course of labor where I tried to, I kind of got panicky because I'd have, um, like sometimes three minutes and sometimes 15 seconds between. So I'd have like a, sometimes I'd have three in a row that came like 15 seconds apart. And so I would like grab Rusty and be like, no, 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 no. Like my voice would get really high pitched and I like, I wasn't ready for another one. Um, and those ones I would kind of let it get the best of me and kind of like get a little panicky. So probably three or four of those happened all throughout the whole process. And those, those contractions, I didn't feel like really got me anywhere, but the ones where I got like real deep and guttural and like almost like breathed, breathed the intensity down to my uterus. I felt like actually helped to move her. So how you breathe matters so much in, in how I think, honestly, after just going through it and how quick labor is. Do you fight the contractions? Yeah. You know, I was going to say, I mean, I, I don't want to like interrupt your story very much, but like I, as a first time mom, it's not even just how you breathe. It's how you're mental. If you're yeah. mentally open to it, then it's going to go so much easier when it's, when you're fighting the contraction, and I can, I speak from personal experience. I'm a control freak and I uh-huh. felt so out of control during labor. Um, I was so closed up and tense and tight and like my sounds were tense and tight. And so what I've learned since is that, you know, if your mouth is loose, if your mind is loose, if the sounds you're making are loose and open, then everything down there, your cervix and, and whatnot, your uterus is opening. Um, it's all connected. So the more tight and tense you are and fighting it, the least, exactly like you said, the less likely it's going to be a productive um, contraction, which can really, really stall labor for a lot of mamas. Totally. Yeah. It was huge. That was, and you know, it's something like I, I kind of knew in theory, but then like I could literally actually feel the difference between the contractions. And I look back at photos, um, that my doula took, she's given us a few of them so far. And there's one where I've got my arms wrapped around Rusty's shoulders and I'm, he's standing and like supporting my whole weight during a contraction and I'm leaning into him and you can see my belly and she, I kind of carried her high the whole time. And then while I'm having the contraction, like everything is literally pushing down. Like my whole belly is like, you can see all the muscles, everything working to push my belly down towards my uh, vagina. And it's like, it's so cool to see just that intensity, like embodied in a photo. Um, and that's exactly how it felt when I do them. And my, my, 
doula and Rusty would both say like, if I got to the point where I was like, I can't, I didn't, I wasn't ready for the contraction or I'd kind of fight against it for those few that that happened. They, you know, they'd say, that's just your baby. And so I never once got to a point where you see in movies, and this is why movies are BS in the, in as far as labor and delivery goes, because you, there's like the, the woman will be like, I hate you. You did this to me yelling at her husband or like a lot of anger. And I, I can't speak for every mom or every woman. Cause I know everyone handles this stuff differently. But for me, like I never felt mad. I never felt like, um, like woe of me, I guess I, I, there was moments where I doubted myself, but I was never like this, this sucks in a way that like, I, I don't know, it's really hard to explain, but like, I never like yelled at rusty or blamed him or got mad at him. Honestly, I don't know if I could have done it without him. And my doula was really phenomenal. So like trying to embrace the contractions as like one step closer to baby is huge versus like this effing sucks. <laughs> it's like, no, this is getting me closer to meeting my baby. And that does not take away from how much it hurts. Cause I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like it hurts. It's, it's the hardest thing I have ever done and will ever do in my entire life. But, um, it's all for like such a phenomenal purpose. And at the end, as I'll get into you feel like you could do anything. Um, so yeah. So contracting in the living room on the yoga ball doula shows up. Cause I, I couldn't even wait till midnight. It was like 1140 probably. And I texted her and was like, Hey, I need you. <laughs> um, and so she came, um, and throughout this whole thing, my dogs, like I loved laboring at home because my dogs were like right there. And I, I love, if you know, if you follow me on Instagram or whatever, you know that I love them. And Callie, the white one was like right there by me, like give me little kisses and just like so present. It was really sweet. She's um, like your third or your second yeah. doula. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> so cute. It was really awesome. And it's so funny thinking back because I was like, oh, we're going to have friends on in the background or like surfing videos, which are very relaxing to me while I'm laboring. Um, I didn't want anything on the TV. Rusty turned on some like calm meditation music. I didn't even know it was, that it was there, you know, but then other things I was so honed in on. So some things I remember so vividly and then stuff like that. Um, no idea. And like, have I, but I remember Callie being right there. Um, and I remember Rusty being like so phenomenal. And then doula came, her name's Paige, um, immediately just like hand on my back and just like right there. Cause I think she, I had a contraction right as she showed up and she was like, Oh, <laughs> this is really happening. Like this is really, really happening. So we moved from the living room to the shower and I, I'm not a bath person. Um, everyone's like, I love baths and labor. It's just not my thing. So the shower was absolutely phenomenal. We put the yoga ball in the shower and I sat on it with the hot water coming on my back. Um, I didn't have back labor at all, but it just that, that warm water, like going down my back was, was so amazing. Did you use water at all? Um, with both of mine, I intended on delivering in the water. Yeah. Cause we had that option at the bir- both of the birth centers that I had with the first one, because he was posterior. Um, they wouldn't let me stay in the water cause it was kind of like they needed me to move and try and get him to turn. Yeah, different um, But yeah, while I was in the water, it was amazing. But the second one, Camille was born in in the bathtub, and it was awesome. It was I highly recommend it. But yeah, I'm yeah, not a bath. If we do, if we do a home birth for the next one, we might do like get a tub. Yeah, and I'm not a bath person either. Like I don't. That's not the way I like relax. Yeah, yeah but as far as like the pressure, relieving the pressure, um, it was amazing. I can imagine if the stream of shower helped that much. Um, 
And so Rusty was like behind me and during the contract. So without the contraction, like in between, I, I could support my, my weight, but during I was like dead weight. Mm -hmm. So he had one leg in the shower and was like holding me up and I would just like fall into him and try and like breathe through it. Um, we stayed in there for, I don't even know how long I don't have any idea of that stuff, but got out and went to my bedroom and I can try, I labored in bed through transition. And so the, the, the contractions were their most intense. If I was on my side with one, my, my top leg, like thrown over my body. Um, so I went through transition in bed and I literally would have a contraction and then in however, like the less than a minute or whatever between I, w I was snoring and I had no idea I was even falling asleep. <laughs> but my doula told me after that I would like I was snoring in between, and I don't even snore. So I was like, man, that was some deep sleep in between. Because at this point, I had woken up Monday morning at 4 a.m. and I again probably another sign I could not fall back asleep. So I've been up since 4 a.m. It's now like one o'clock. Um, so I'm contracting in bed. Doula knows that. Uh, women often throw up during transition. And so, uh, she has a trash can ready and I just looked at her, didn't even say a word. She had it threw up three times right in a row, just like all the water, everything. I'm glad I hadn't eaten a ton. Um, and then from there transition, I'm still probably going through transition, went to the bathroom and I was like, okay, <laughs> it's getting real. Um, and, uh, had a few contractions in the bathroom, never tried to stand up, had another one. And like Rusty had kind of like had to catch me went back out to the living room, had one, I was, had my hands on the counter contraction hit, just like fell to the ground. Um, I was on my knees, but then like just pushed my pelvis towards the ground and I was like, and I feel pressure. <laughs> and so at this point it was about, uh, three o'clock in the morning. And, um, I was like, all right, let's go to the hospital. Cause you know, she, we really wanted to wait. She wanted to wait. So get in the car, Rusty helped me down the stairs. We live in a condo. So second story had one, like I think halfway down the stairs. I don't quite remember. Um, got into the car. <laughs> this sticks out so vividly in my mind because our, we have a Subaru and it has a, um, a, a really frustrating, uh, beeping. If you don't have your seatbelt on no matter what, even if you're in park. And so <laughs> I get in, I was like, that's the first thing I thought of. I was like, I'm not listening to this the whole time and I'm not putting my seatbelt on. And so I, uh, I buckled it behind my back. <laughs> <laughs> and Rusty was like, I don't think he knows at the time, but like three days later or on our drive home, he's like, why is this seatbelt buckled? I was like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> he's like, it's so funny. Like the kinds of things you were so aware of. And then the other things that you weren't, you know, um, but that would have driven me nuts. So we get to the hospital. I definitely had a number of contractions in the hospital or in the car. And I felt like very, um, a lot of pressure. I felt very pushy in the car, which I was super happy about because I was nervous that I was going to stall out in, in, in transit. Um, and I, I don't think that happened, which is great. Maybe it slowed me down a tiny bit, but not enough to like cause any issues. So we get there, Rusty pulled right up to the hospital and my doula parked and walked over. She's like, eh, what do you do with the car? And he's like, I was going to come back. She's like, you, you don't have time. <laughs> so, uh, he, he, I got out, she held me, I contracted, had a contraction like on her, he parked and like ran back over. And, um, I'm so proud of him because he managed to grab the food bag and like the overnight bag, all, all this. And like what seemed like seconds. And so we get to the door, there's a, and you know, it's three in the morning at this point, like three 30 in the morning. So press a button and the security guy comes out and lets us in and he has a wheelchair. And <laughs> this is the only time I cussed throughout the whole thing. I was like, Oh, F no. <laughs> 
I'm not getting in a wheelchair. I had it in my mind. Like I will not go in a wheelchair to deliver my baby. Uh, so I walked up the stairs, halfway up the stairs, I had a con- gnarly contraction, which is great. Cause it was like on the landing and there was a bar. So I just like dropped down into a squat, um, had a contraction. We get to the, the front desk and they're like, all right, we're gonna take you to triage. And I looked at my doula, like eyes wide. You've got to be kidding me. We get it. We walk into the room and I have a contraction. And at this point, my, my, the noises I'm making are very pushy. You know, there's like the difference between Rusty said, like at home having contraction, he's like, you sounded, he grew up on a, on a ranch. <laughs> so he like, and he did FFA and stuff. So he's like, uh, you sounded like a heifer. <laughs> labor. It's so true. Just like deep and guttural and primal. And um, it like comes from your chest. I don't know. It's like, Oh, it's like just, Oh. Yeah. And it, it's like looking back, I'm like, man, that was cool. Like to yeah. be so, I feel like in touch with just our, like our animal nature. Cause we are animals, you know, it's very awesome. But then once I got there, it was much more like a little bit more like growly and like, just mm-hmm. like, I couldn't control it. Um, and so I had one contraction as we walked into the triage room and they're like, Never mind. And so they took me straight to our room. Um, and I delivered at Sutter and it is as close to a birth center as you could possibly get for being a hospital. Um, they, it's all midwives. You can choose with OBs, but we were with the midwives. Um, they ask before they do anything. I had no IVs, nothing. Um, they've got tubs if you want them. We obviously weren't there long enough for that. Uh, it's very, and they even like hide all the medical equipment. So it looks like a big, like headboard. Um, it's, it's almost like a, it looks kind of like a hotel at first glance, but when you're there for a night, you're like, I'm done. I want to go home. Um, so we went in there, got on the bed. I was on hands and knees. They checked me and I was at, um, almost nine centimeters. So that was really awesome to hear. Like the first time getting checked to already be at nine, was just like, this is awesome. Um, and you're like, I can do this. Yeah. (laughs) I'm almost there. Because I remember looking at the clock and being, it was like two 30. So at this point is like really started at 10, it's two 30. I'm only four and a half hours in. And it was so, it was so intense that, um, I was thinking like so many moms go through this for 20, 12, 24 hours. And I was like, if, at this intensity, I cannot. And that's where I doubted myself was in like moments where I started thinking outside of the present moment, like, is this going to last 12 to 24 hours? Like it does for most new moms. But now I looking back, I realize like that intensity level, I don't think, I don't know because I've never been through it. And maybe it's not that intense for that, for the whole 12 or 24, you know, but who knows? In any case, that's, that's when I would doubt myself because it was so, so, so intense from like contraction three, just like almost, you know, to the point where you're like, I can't do another one. And then of course, as women, we just do another one mm-hmm. and that's the way that it goes. Um, yeah. But you could speak to that because you had, how long was, was there? Bear was 24 hours. Oh gosh. Um, yeah. And it was, but it's different. It wasn't, it was long and it was that intense for almost the whole time Ooh. because he was posterior. Oh, posterior. Yeah. And so and we can talk about that in a whole nother podcast, but yeah. like that is mentally, I mean, I'm like right there with you. I was, I, I don't know how I did it. <laughs> I can't imagine. My whole thing was seven. Yeah, uh, it was just and amazing. I can't imagine doing what I did for seven for twenty four. I'm sure I would have. Mm-hmm. You would have. You know? But um, it's just like you do what you, you need to do in the moment, right? Um, 
so yeah, well, I, I'm excited to hear that story. That was one of my biggest fears. I was posterior mm. and we, you know, I'm reading a ton about epigenetics and I'm seeing this chiropractor who's phenomenal, but I've got like a really tight left psoas and she's like, that's a, you know, if that's going to keep the baby on the right, which is like a sure sign of potential posterior mm-hmm. delivery. And like, so I had zero back labor, no issues with the posterior baby. And I was like, so grateful that I, I saw a chiropractor twice a week and I got my um, abdominal massage and I like did all the things, spinning babies, rebozo sifting. Cause I was like, if I hadn't known, you know, I just, I probably would have had a posterior baby, but I had to do a lot of work. And so many, so many moms don't know mm-hmm. what's it, what, you know, what can help with that and that you can do things to help with that. So, um, yeah. And sometimes you can't do anything. Sometimes you do everything and you still have a posterior baby. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not like, uh, I, I, what I love is my, my, um, mind masseuse. It's like an Ayurvedic abdominal masseuse, um, said babies will come the way that they're meant to come and they're going to come in the way that's best for them. And so I loved hearing that because I was like, I am also like, I really like to control things. And that's something that's like, this is her and it's her story too. It's not just my story. And however she comes is how she was meant to come. Um, and it's not just my my situation. It's not just affecting me, but it's also her. So like letting go to that, of that a little bit, surrendering to that. It's not just my experience. It's hers as well, I think was really beneficial throughout the whole process. But, um, yeah. So, oh yeah. So got to delivery room. I labored on hands and knees. I labored a little bit in a lunge on the bed. Um, and at this point I was so tired, as you know, like you just get so tired. It was like over 24 hours of being awake and I hadn't eaten. And like my last meal, I can't eat a lot at night. I couldn't during pregnancy because I would get, um, really bloated and uncomfortable at night. And so I, last meal I ate was like five 30 and I think it was like some lettuce wraps or something. Cause I just couldn't eat a lot at night. So it was like, um, just nothing. I was drained. Um, on hands and knees. And then I I did my first, I think that I was on hands and knees laboring for just another half an hour or so. And then they checked me. They went to go check me. She's like, Oh, I don't even need to check. You're fully effaced. You're ready to go. So I started pushing on hands and knees. Um, and I was just super tired (laughs) at that point, kept pushing. I, so I, I only pushed for a total of 45 minutes tops. Um, some of that on hands and knees. And then I flipped and laid on my side and held my legs up. Um, and her heart rate dropped just a little bit. And so they had, so I, then I rolled onto my back, which is so funny. Cause that's like the last place I thought I'd deliver was on my back. But because I was so tired, I was able to put, instead of having any energy go towards holding my body up, I was able to put everything into, um, into delivering her. So I, my, my torso was upright. Um, but I was laying back, pulling my knees up, just like everything I had, um, the power of the body to know when it's time to push is incredible. So we talked a little bit about this with Erica, um, and you guys will hear that episode coming up, but, um, about like, um, directed pushing and how it's like a load of BS and how it so, um, goes against our human instincts so much. So just being able to push when I felt like I had to push. And the most beautiful thing about pushing is that you have contractions and they hurt. But then once you're pushing, you have a contraction and you push, like you push and you don't feel pain. It's like, it takes all the pain and then just, you use that pain to get the baby out, which I loved. What I didn't love is that, um, I was like ready to go. I'm like, let's get her out. I can't wait to meet her. But you also can't control that. The contractions stop and you have to stop pushing, (laughs) which I needed the rest. But like, you know, so, so she came out with her fists by her eyes, like up on her cheek. Um, and so it made it a little bit harder. And so I had, I'd have like three contractions in a row where I'd be able to push, push, push. And her head was showing. And then as we all know, like 
there's a, you see, and then it goes back a little bit and then out and then back a little bit. And that's the whole process also to keep you from tearing. Um, but we use perennial massage oil and uh, warm compress, which really helped. I had no perennial tearing at all. Um, but her head came out and then it was like, it was like out, you know, and then, uh, and then contractions would stop for a moment and I get to like recover my energy and then they'd come again. Um, and so then I'll never forget the, the moment where her head like, was almost all the way out and I'm watching Rusty. Rusty got to catch her. Um, and so I'm watching Rusty's face and I, like, I know she's here, you know? And, uh, and so then we was like, at the end it was, they were, the midwife was great because she's like, you need to slow down, slow down. And like, it didn't not, don't stop, but just like ease her out. So it wasn't so forceful. And that was really helpful. The ring of fire to me was nothing compared to contractions. I'm going to be honest. And everyone says, you know, everyone has a different opinion about that, which again, it's everyone's own experience, but it was tough, but at this, I think a lot of that's mental. You know, you're so close. Um, when you feel that, that ring of fire, it's like, that's my baby's head and yeah. she's here. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I, the contractions were 10 times worse for me personally than, mm-hmm. cause you know, like the ring of fire means that the baby's coming out. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's not, it's to me, that's oh so it's a much different feeling. Yes. But yeah. And like getting to feel that at the same time, watch Rusty's eyes when my eyes were open and just see him, see her. And, um, it was like, that's something I will never, ever, ever, ever forget. I know we forget a lot, a lot, but I won't forget that. <laughs> I'm over here crying. Oh my God. <laughs> it was so yeah. special. And so, you know, the midwife was like, you want to catch her? And he's like, hell yeah. Um, you want gloves? No. So she came out and, uh, he grabbed her and put her on my chest. And, uh, I remember like, so she's got really, she's got dark hair, much darker than we expected. And, you know, when they come out, they're a little puffy and her eyes are all squinty. I was like, whose kid is this? But in the same moment, like, so head over heels in love with her. I knew, obviously knew she was mine. And, um, <laughs> just like, you know, the, the nurse was trying to like wipe the, um, vernix. And I was like, no, 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 no. Stopped her. And I was like, I can do it. Cause I, she didn't, she was crying. She didn't need the like aggressive, uh, wiping to get her stimulated. So I stopped her and just kind of like rubbed her myself and, uh, Rusty was right there. And then, and then, um, I asked for them to wait on the cord and I remember see, the cord was a little bit shorter and I remember looking down, it was just the most like gorgeous blue I've ever seen. Um, and I was thinking like, you know, th- this gave her life for nine months. And, um, and then I asked if I could deliver the placenta before they cut it. And she's like, it's not something they ever do, but she did it. She let me deliver it. And the placenta was easy. I was actually surprised about that too. Um, it felt weird, very bizarre, but it came out and then, uh, my doula got pictures. I haven't seen it yet. And, uh, we kept it for encapsulation, which we'll talk about. I'll talk about in a minute, but, um, she was on my chest and then Rusty got to cut the cord and then he, uh, climbed into bed with me. And, uh, my doula said she'd never seen that either, which to me was just instinctual. Like I wanted him right there next to me. So he climbed into bed and we have the most phenomenal photo that, um, is like literally priceless that the doula got of he, I had handed her to him. He was holding her and I was kissing him or we were kissing and it was just like, it's just pure bliss, like ecstasy, like not anything. If for no other reason, not getting epidural is like being able to feel those emotions from those hormones that get released is it's greater than any high I could ever imagine. I haven't done drugs, so I don't know what those feel like, but it was incredible. Um, and she was in our arms and she was our baby. And, uh, I just, 
I don't know. It's hard to even have the words, you know, it took me a while to even post on Instagram or post anywhere that we had had her. And it's because anything you could possibly write or say, um, seems so trivial because it's like, I don't have the words to explain what this feels like to have my daughter in my arms. Um, so yeah, I'm glad we have photos because I could, like can look back at those and kind of relive the moments, uh, of when she joined us. She's just so special. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, <laughs> I, God, I just love hearing it. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Your story is amazing. And I'm sure there are plenty of people that are following you on Instagram and listening that are like, you're giving them major baby fever, just like I'm getting <laughs> right now. I'm like, cause it, it is, it's like, it's, 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 it's addicting almost like it's a high. Yeah. Once you feel that power and that those hormones that are just like better, like you said, better than any drug you could probably possibly ever imagine. It's like, yeah, heck yeah. Like I could do this again. Like, right. you know, I mean, maybe not right away. You feel that no. way, but <laughs> later and looking so back funny. on it because the woman next door, um, Oh goodness. Let's get you on the boob. The woman next door, uh, was laboring and uh, that night and, um, she was like screaming and, uh, the walls are thick, but it was very loud. And, uh, I was like, it was almost like I was brought right back. My heart was kind of like racing and I was like, Oh my God, it bring you get, I was like right back there into laboring. Um, but, and that lasted even like, so when you have a baby, you have uh, postpartum, like basically like tiny, um, contractions for a few days. So that you don't know that I didn't, those get worse <laughs> with every baby, mind you. Oh. That's what Just I've heard. So you're prepared. <laughs> so that is something I didn't know about. And I'm kind of glad I didn't like, there's a lot of things I didn't know about that. Um, I feel like I was better off in a way. Sorry for those of you who are listening who, but me, maybe you want to know this stuff. So anyways, you, um, after the, after you deliver the placenta, they push on your butt, your uterus a little bit just to make sure like everything's come out. Um, I tore because not on my perineal, but on my uh, labia because of her fist. Um, so they were stitching me up and then also something that's very real is like the postpartum, like immediate postpartum, like shakes. Did you get that? Um, with my first one? Yes. With yeah. My second just like one, the adrenaline. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 Which actually it didn't bother me, but I was like, my whole body was shaking and I, and I knew that was like, a, I, I had heard that was a thing and I knew not to be worried about it. And the nurses were like, Hey, this is normal. And so that was shaking. I was thinking like, I'm shaking. Is she going to be able to stitch me up? But it was all fine. So then um, she breastfed right away. She actually did the breast crawl, which was the coolest thing ever. She knew right where to go. This kid is very food driven, <laughs> hence being back to her birth weight already, probably over now. Um, so that was, that, that gave me goosebumps. It was the coolest thing ever. Um, she knew right which, where to go and, uh, she actually crawled. So she was up on my chest. She crawled down, uh, to my boob, which was really, really awesome. And, uh, they do some like abdominal, they do a little like massage type thing, push on it. It's not a massage. <laughs> Let me get that straight. It, it hurts. Nice relaxing abdominals. <laughs> Holy hell. It's tough. <laughs> um, and then after that, especially when nursing. So the first day, the second day were the worst in terms of like, it's almost like postpartum. It's like contractions, uh, that you have, especially breastfeeding. And, and what happens is when you breastfeed, um, it triggers the oxytocin and the hormones that are going to create more contracting to get the blood and everything out and to help shrink your uterus. So that's the thing I definitely noticed. She's been an eating fiend. She eats all the time and my belly shrunk so fast. 
Um, it's not, obviously I'm only nine days postpartum. It's not back to how it was before or anything, but I was actually, my mom was like, she saw me, um, the day she, the day she was born. And then the, like two days later and then an, a, the day, a day later, and then like the following Sunday and she like, couldn't believe it. And I, that's the, the power of breastfeeding is really immense in terms of like, um, shrinking your uterus and also just keeping the flood of hormones going. Like I breastfeed her and it's the middle of the night and I'm cross-eyed cause I'm tired. Um, but I still feel so happy, <laughs> which is kind of cool. You know, like seeing her, I'll just stare at her. She's like on my boob and I'm just staring at her breastfeeding. Like I grew this human and now I'm feeding her all from my body. And coming from a person who in the past has had like some insecurities and dealt with some like disordered eating and, um, didn't have a period for six years. Like I have never felt so capable or so empowered in my own body, um, as I do right now. And people are like, Oh, postpartum, get, get your body back or whatever. I'm like, screw that. I love my body. (laughs) I just grew a human birthed her and now I'm feeding her and, and my body will do whatever it needs to do to make sure that that continues. And I love it for that. Um, so that's what I have to say about that. I'm sure we'll do a whole episode on that as well. Totally. It's um, so funny that you mentioned like the, you're so tired and like, you know, you're waking up in the middle of the night and nursing, but you're still like so happy. And I feel like yeah. that is such an evolutionary design, like yes. for a child's protection. Too. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, you feel this intense amount of love, even when you're just like, can't yes like I want to go to sleep so badly yeah. but it's like nature's perfect way to ensure that like you do not leave that little one behind it's amazing yeah and I and also another thing and this is a totally teacher own my plan was to have her in a bassinet by the bed um that was our plan for the beginning and like I got home that night and I couldn't do it and needed her on my chest and I feel like that's relatively normal in that like those first nights, she just, she was a part of you for nine months. And then for me, the idea of like putting her, uh, even just like a foot away, I couldn't do it. It was pretty funny. Um, I will get there, I think, but we bought like a, so like a co-sleeper, like an yeah, arms, like a, it goes in between us. So yeah. Asker and Embla, they make, it's kind of like a bub, bub nest. I think that's what they're called. Um, and it's made from like wool and they're so cool and they're actually a birth fit sponsor. So we'll link to it. And if you use code birth fit, you get a uh, 10% discount, which is pretty cool. So we bought one of those and that's great. Cause you can just take it wherever. And like, we can put it on the couch or on the floor at a park, you know, and she'll just lay in there. So that's the plan right now. She just kind of sleeps on us or in between us. Um, yeah, it's, so, love. Yeah, it's yeah. so funny. And I'm sure we'll do a whole nother podcast on like sleeping options. But like when I went in with my first pregnancy, I was like, there's no way I'm not co-sleeping. He's going to be in a crib in his own room. Like yeah. that's the way it's going to be. Well, that's obviously not how it works out. And for some people it does. It does. Um, yeah. And that's totally fine too. It doesn't yeah. mean you love your baby any less no, or anything. It's it doesn't. like but whatever feels instinctually exactly. best for you. And sometimes and at a certain point he was in his crib because we were able to do that and he was able to sleep Everyone independently. Needs to sleep. Yeah. yeah. But with Camille, we plan on it. yeah. And Camille it was the same way. I was like, we're going to do the co-sleeper. Like I had a little like arms reach co-sleeper beside the bed and we never I, yeah. it basically held laundry. She slept with us. I mean, from the get go. And for those of you who think again, no judgment, but for those of you who think, well, if they sleep with me, they're going to sleep with me forever. For us, it wasn't the case. Like, she slept with us for as long as it both worked for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And then probably around maybe just like a month or two ago, I put her in a crib beside our bed. And it has been a beautiful transition. And she's still... Oh, that's awesome. She's a great sleeper, knock on wood. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's not like if you start one way, that's the way it's going to be. You can change. Yeah, you can always change. So... 
Yeah. And if you don't change then that, then that's because that's working best for you. But then, you know, you hear a lot of stories. It's like, okay, my one and a half year old, like it's not working for anyone anymore. I'm not sleeping. She's not sleeping. And so then it's time you just, you do what feels best for you and your family. And we, have, I have zero judgment for whoever, like whoever, as long as everyone's happy, then it's like, what, there's no, there's no right way. Um, that's how I feel about it. But for now, this is what works best for us. Um, I feel I have the blessing of having my husband around a ton and I don't get out of bed these days until eight thirty nine, And it's great. And she, she has her best sleep. Um, usually like evening, late evening, and then late morning. Um, and then in the meantime, in the middle, I'm up every two hours and it's fine. It's just that, you know, it's like, like I said, right now it's like EVTV. I just watch her and I'm happy. And once I'm not happy, then we'll reassess. But, um, happiness comes first and hers and mine. So that's amazing. I, we talk all the time and I'm just like, so happy for you guys because so many mamas, I mean, you just prepared so well. And I feel like that has made probably all the difference. And so many mamas is, I mean, myself speaking for myself, I, I, prepared, but I didn't really. Mm -hmm. Um, and my first pregnancy, I mean, it wasn't just that there was a lot of other things that went into my first postpartum period, um, really difficult. Um, and so I'm just really proud of you guys for, I know that doesn't really mean anything, but (laughs) it means a whole lot actually, because you've done it twice. So like, you know, it's, I can feel instinctually that we're doing something right, but there's a lot to learn still. So to have like mamas like you who I can trust and I can like turn to when things get, weird. Or I'm like, why is your poop this color? Or, you know, whatever it is. It's really like that I think has really helped my whole postpartum period. I haven't had knock on wood, like any bluesy feelings or anything like that. Um, I've also been, you know, I feel we're going to have a whole episode on like, uh, support and then asking for space as well during pregnancy and postpartum. And, and so like, I have no problem if we've got family over, like going to a different room and napping or saying, Hey, I want my baby back or whatever it is. Like Russ and I both will say no, if we want to be, if we're holding her and someone asks and we don't feel like we're ready to give her up, we'll say no. Um, I think that's really empowering too, and has helped. Um, and the nurses, it's funny. So we stayed in the hospital. She was born at five ten AM. Um, we stayed in the hospital that whole day. Um, she was very healthy, like bright pink, not bright pink. You know what I mean? Like very pink and, and healthy. She cried right away. No issues, no issues with jaundice. Um, they checked in on her throughout the day and we stayed an extra night or not an extra night. They wanted us to stay two more nights. So we stayed, she's born at five ten. We stayed that following evening and then prepared to leave the next morning. Um, and they wanted us to stay a whole nother night. And I was like, hell no, <laughs> get me out of here. Like the biggest thing for me was I wanted Rusty in bed with me and the baby. I hate, I hated having a, the uncomfortable bed for me. And then him in like a cot, you know, f- feet away. It's like, man, uh, I need him in bed with me. This is our baby. You know, he's not, he shouldn't be off to the side. So that was really big for me. And then, um, it, the bed was just uncomfortable. We wanted to be home. I wanted my food. Um, so five ten AM immediately postpartum. I was like, my doula was like, you need food. And so perfect bars saved the day. What's funny is throughout pregnancy, I couldn't really eat them. I couldn't eat a lot of sugar, um, or I would feel sick. And so I'd have one on occasion and I've had like one to two every day since she got here. <laughs> the cashew blueberry is oh my God. so, so good. Bars are the best. The best. So I downed one of those rusty, like fed it to me while I was feeding her. And then, um, they put coconut water over ice and just drank, I drank a whole bottle through a straw. It was so It was like the best coconut water I've ever had the harmless harvest, which is the best brand. So had that. And then we ordered take, t- not take out, but like the hospital food, it's not the best, but it's definitely not bad. The, I had eggs, two fried eggs, bacon and gluten-free toast. And it was like the best meal I've had in 
maybe ever just because I was so hungry (laughs) and like this, this salt and I've had bacon every day too. It's like all I want right now is like bacon and eggs and butter and fat and, uh, protein. And it just, it so hungry for every day since it's like, now I'm like at a good stable, I think, but I was, I just been starving. So that meal was phenomenal. Um, then they bring us like a celebratory dinner that night with champagne and like a steak. And it sounds amazing. Like first we got the chicken cordon blue. I got the steak. Um, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> it was so funny. We like chuckled the whole way through. So we like ate it and we each had like probably three sips of champagne. That's all I could do. And, um, the food, it looked like a hot pocket, but it was, you know, it was so sweet and like so special. They're like, and we're going to call this a cordon bleu, but it's really yeah. just a hot pocket. <laughs> chicken hot pocket and my steak was like overcooked and and uh and really tough but it was sweet like the idea was sweet and they brought there's a cheesecake but they brought me chocolate ice cream because I don't do gluten and um it was like the best ice cream ever had because it was just it was so good um and so then that was the only time ever that we put her in like the little cot thing so they have like a little bassinet thing you can put them in we changed her in it and then we put her in that while we ate that meal and outside of that she was on one of our chests the whole time and we have that clothes on her since she was born, except for once to go to the pediatrician and then they took them right off and we're like, ask her it because it's summer in Santa Cruz and it's like skin to skin is so important. And, um, again, with the hormones, you get skin to skin, it's good for her. You kind of like get this symbiotic thing going on between your two bodies and your temperature. And she's been super warm and happy. So the nurses were like, they kept saying how impressed they were. Like, like they felt like we knew what we were doing. And, but then they would also say, we want you to stay another night. And I was like, I'm getting mixed messages, but that's it. We'll do a whole podcast on like the business of being born pretty much. And we say an extra night, they get more money, you know, and it's coming from insurance and all that, but it's still, I was like, no, we're out. And that first night home was heaven Yeah, being at home with her and just like our life here with our dogs and everything was so great. So it's been good ever since. There's been a couple nights where she like has been one night. She was super fussy. was up for like four hours straight and then finally like huge poop and slept and so each night's a little bit different. Um, try and sleep when I can, but so far I feel great. And, uh, yeah, we're just totally happy and feel very supported. Friends have been bringing us food. Um, I've got Camille and Colbrew coming from a wonderful friend <laughs> and, uh, just feeling like feeling the love and support. So I'd say one thing we did have one night, one day where we had just kind of too many people over and I felt a little burnt out. So advice I can give is just like, don't have more than two people over at a time, um, to visit and, it's your baby. So if you don't feel like handing her, him or her around, don't, uh, you can hold her and show them her face and that's fine. Um, and if people are going to come over and and not just bring food and say hi and then leave, if they're going to hang out, then make them do something clean, take the trash out, like whatever you need, um, run to the store and don't feel bad. People actually really want to help. They feel like they're contributing in a way that, uh, where they, there's not much you can do with a brand new baby to help aside from like tasks, so give them tasks and they'll be really happy to do it. I know. And I know. a lot of people say when they come over, they want to hold the baby, which is great. Like, obviously they want to bond with the baby, but it's like, let me hold the baby so you can uh, clean mm-hmm. up or so you can do fold the laundry. Hell it's no. like, no, let me hold my baby and you clean the laundry. <laughs> exactly. Come on. Let's reverse these roles. And I get it. Like my, my parents are just so thrilled. My dad held her and he's like, okay, he mostly just wants to be around us at this age, especially, but my mom and they want to hold her. And I love that. Um, and you know, they've been great when they come over, they bring food and, um, and, but we've had a lot of time, just the three of us. And I love that too. We have a strict no overnight policy. So people got to be gone by like six and don't come over till after 11. And, um, that's worked really well. 
Gosh, I'm so, I'm thrilled for you. And you mentioned you were taking placenta pills. Um, yeah. Tell so my, how do you They feel? brought them over. Uh, let's see. I was feeling really phenomenal. They got here on Sunday. I had her on Tuesday. I took two that day and then two the next morning. And on Monday morning, I felt a little actually crabby. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not sure if it was because we had a lot of people over Sunday and I was a little like burnt out or if it was had anything to do with the pills. So I stopped. I'm going to give it a whole week and then I'll try them again next weekend. Yeah. Um, and then, or like next week and then see how I feel. And I've heard stories cause you said they were not great for you, right? Yeah. So my first, after my first, I didn't do placenta encapsulation and I also had probably postpartum depression for a variety of other reasons. So right. I thought, okay, the second go around, I'm going to really try this to just try and support myself in whatever way I possibly mm-hmm. could. And then I actually felt really great after Camille and then you don't get the pills for like, I don't know, it's like three to four days because they have to like yeah. dehydrate it and do all this stuff to it. And I was feeling really awesome. And then I started taking the pills and I would get super anxious, um, like crazy. Yeah. And so I stopped taking them and then I did a little bit of research and I guess it turns out that some people do react that way. And mm-hmm. so I would try, I tried it again over the course of a couple of weeks. Like I would try and take like a smaller dose and see, and it just never, for me, like, I was already feeling good. And so the benefit, the potential benefit, and then I was, wasn't feeling super great. I was like, eh, I'm not going to continue, which kind of sucks because they were expensive, but yeah, super you know, expensive. um, it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm taking immediately postpartum. I start, I, I'm keeping up with my prenatal. I do the garden of life. Um, I've been taking the full dose of liver pills and the organ complex, um, from paleo Valley, which we'll talk about. And, um, they're actually going to be giving away a bottle of those. And I think that has been amazing. Like the iron, the, the vitamins in there, um, all that I think has really, really, really helped because I started immediately and I had st- the liver, the organ complex I was taking to, um, like preconception and then a little bit early on. And then I stopped that pregnancy cause I was just like the fewer things I have to take in <laughs> better. Um, but I think starting those up immediately postpartum has been really good for recovery, like for blood loss and just overall energy. And I feel really, really good. And so I've, I've been doing probiotic, um, garden of life prenatal, and then the organ complex from paleo Valley and, and those three things only, um, every day, the full serving really religious about it. And I think that's been really, really, um, essential in my recovery. So we'll link to all three of those, but you know, I, I, I've heard amazing stories about, about, um, placenta pills. And then, but I also went into it open-minded that like, Hey, it's not, everyone's story is not my story. So we'll try it again and see, and then maybe I'll take it like, take them down the road when I'm trying to conceive because they're very nutrient dense and I want to use them eventually, but I'm not going to take them, force them down if I'm not going to feel good. So we'll see. I'll play around with it. Totally. It's, it just goes back to like bio-individuality. It's like, mm-hmm. and take Laura's story, take my story when I share it with a grain of salt. It is a personal right. experience and mm-hmm. you know, you can do all the same things that Laura did or that I did and have a completely different experience because it's your body and your baby and everyone's different. And so that's, I feel like that's what this podcast is all about. Yeah. yeah. You get lots of snippets of everyone's opinions and then you can take from it what works best mm-hmm. in your world, in your life. So Absolutely. Um, that's what we're here to provide. Oh, I wanted to ask you, cause I was listening to our episode three about nutrition and you were talking about your dates. Um, oh thing. my gosh. So <laughs> I mean, too. Um, yeah. So I, I was religious six dates a day starting at week 35 and it says week 36, but I was like, you know, what? I'm going to have to start because I knew intuitively she was coming early. So things about this kid, I knew she was a girl. 
before she was conceived. Um, I had a dream about her and it's so crazy cause this is her now. <laughs> and, um, she's, you know, drinking off my boob and I'm looking at her and she exists. And then, um, knew she was a girl and I knew she was coming a little bit early. Specifically, I said summer solstice and she came on the summer solstice. So that just trips me out. Um, also just like I had a name, um, forever. I've loved the name Riley and I still do. And maybe our next kid will be Riley. Uh, but I always thought my first baby girl would be Riley. And just like, I somehow knew just from having her inside of me that this was not Riley. (laughs) And so I don't even, her name came from one day we were just going over names. We had like four or five that we loved and Rusty was like, what about Evie? And that name had never even come across my radar and you don't hear it very often. And I was like, holy crap, that's it. Um, so little Evie and then Wilder, we just love that name. We thought it would be great for a boy. And then we are, we have a state park, uh, just down the road from us. It's Wilder state park. So that was really special that she'd be named. Um, I was from a state park right by, right by where she was born. And then, uh, we love being outside and, uh, we love that name in general. And so, I, I kind of am a believer in like not bending to gender stereotypes. So I was like, I wanted one of her name to be like a quote unquote boy's name. And so I thought that it was perfect. Plus she's just got this like little wild spirit. I can already yeah, tell. I love so, it. You, your mama's intuition knows those things. I love it too. Cause we have very similar, um, tastes and names. Cause Camille, I like Evie and Camille are kind of very like feminine to me, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like classically feminine. And then yeah. like Camille's middle name is Ryan. That's actually nice. Tim's middle name. Um, and so I love like boys names for girls and Wilder's was on our boys list. Um, obviously I have a son named bear, so I'm all yeah. about supporting the wild, the great outdoors, <laughs> the great outdoors. resist. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's funny how we just, you, you know, and like when Rusty put her on my chest, I looked at him and he was now I'm going to cry. He was crying and I was crying and had one of his tears like dropped into my mouth and like on my face. And I was like, is it, is she Evie? And he was like, yeah, she's Evie. And then, and then this is our little Evie and she's just so perfect. Huh? Yeah. Ah, yeah. So I'm crying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so awesome. It's just like no words and having uh, such a supportive spouse has been amazing. And, um, you know, at this stage, at this stage, there's only so much that dad can do, or uh, the partner can do, but the things they do do, and I said do do, the things they, <laughs> they are there to do are really, really amazing. And, uh, you know, just like doing whatever yeah. he can. I love, and, uh, sorry, go ahead. No. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say, I, I'd love to have, um, maybe our dudes, maybe Rusty or Tim come on and he can share like his, his viewpoint of the birth story. Cause you never hear that from the dad's yeah. side. Um, and then the things that he, I guess, did to prepare for pregnancy and mm-hmm. the delivery process and postpartum, like, yeah. I feel like that's so valuable. Like no one ever asked the dad, like, gosh. And like dads can get postpartum depression mm-hmm. and mom's potential for postpartum depression can be elevated if dad isn't there supporting. Mm-hmm. And if dad's not there for the whole pregnancy, like hands on, then he's going to feel disconnected. So there's like, we could, yeah, we should do a whole episode on that because totally. having a present partner, whether female or male there throughout pregnancy to support. And then during labor and then there for the, I was reading, I'm just started reading the aware parent. Um, cause we're going to have Liz Wolf on and we're going to talk about uh, awareness parenting and, um, or the aware baby is what it's called. And it talks about very in the beginning about how like things you can do to bond with baby, both for mom and dad and, um, being there and watching the labor and delivery and like, especially like being there for the delivery and maybe catching or whatever really, um, 
really helps for the dad to bond. Oh, totally. I thought, I thought that was super cool. Tim caught, Tim caught bear, even though that was like a crazy situation. He caught bear <laughs> and then, cause they were like, are you sure you want to like see it? And he was like, yeah, I want to see <laughs> Cause I was like, I gave him the option. I was like, you can see it wherever you want to, but once you see that, like you can never yeah. unsee it. Totally. He's like totally on board. He, he actually is the one I, when we got pregnant, I thought I'm going to have my kid in the hospital. Like I'm going to do it, have an yeah. epidural. And he's the one like gently broached the subject. Like, you, what do you think about like midwives and a birth center and cool. got me on? So he has been that way our whole relationship. He's the one that got me on to CrossFit and healthy eating and all that stuff. I'm so grateful for him. But yeah, I'm excited he, to meet that guy. He's awesome. I think him and Rusty would yeah, get along yeah, well. Yeah, that's too. Oh, that's awesome. Sweet. So, yeah, that that's Evie's story and my it. story. And it's, I love being able to record this so she can listen someday. You know, it's funny. I had this kind of thoughts before she came and I voiced them a little bit about like, I don't know how much I want to share about her. And, and there's still definitely things that like, I don't have her permission to share yet, mm-hmm. but, and though this is, this is her story as much as it is mine, I think it was so beautiful and, um, something that like I want in the world because it can, might be able to help someone else or, you know, just being able to share a story of like a birth that I really loved and, um, I think she did too. Cause I do think how babies come in the world can matter. We can talk about that too, but, um, so yeah, I'm happy to share and to share little snippets of her life. There'll be things that we'll stay private obviously, but this is just such a, a beautiful thing. So, um, yeah. I'm obviously still on cloud nine and excited to share with, with the world. <laughs> Absolutely. And I can't honestly, you sharing your story, and I think process, there's something like really cathartic too about sharing the story oh, emotionally God, yeah. and physically. And I, I'm getting excited to share mine for a long time because exactly. I have, and I don't want, it's hard because your story is beautiful and you did so much work to prepare for it and make it that way. And I feel like I, I also want people to know my story because, um, they weren't, the first one wasn't like that. And you talked about, you know, how a baby comes into the world can affect them on a deep, deep, probably cellular, cellular level. Um, and there are things with our kid, my, my son, Mm -hmm. you know, and naturally he is the way he is, but like, I have thoughts about maybe that's partially because of the way he was brought into the world and, you know, his postpartum experience, you know, he was in the NICU, we were separated, um, yeah. And again, it was one of those things where we had to like fight tooth and nail to get him out of the hospital because there was nothing like physically wrong with him. Oh, they so wouldn't let him go. And we were like, we want to take our baby now. I'm kind of getting into the yeah. story, <laughs> but um, they were basically like, <laughs> well, you can do that, but we're going to report you to CPS. Holy. I, I can imagine like we're first time parents. We don't, we're scared out of our minds. Like we're both scientific minded. So we're like, okay, tell us why, like, tell us why yeah. he needs to be here. Like, is there something physically wrong? Like, like, what's the deal? Like, anyways, I'm getting off onto a tangent, but the point is I want to share that, that story because I, I feel like, like we said before, everyone has a different experience and, yeah. um, I think that- I was talking to one of my bird fit colleagues. I forget who now, but I'm gonna go back and find it. And, uh, maybe we can have her on about the things you can do. Like if there is a bit of a traumatic experience, like there's so much you can do postpartum with the baby to help to kind of like, um, negate that in a way. I mean, you can never negate an experience. That's not, not the right word, but, um, to like talk to them about it, even as a tiny baby or what, whatever age and like a lot of skin to skin and stuff like that can really help to kind of like reduce the impact of any, of anything that maybe didn't go the way you like you wanted or to plan. Um, 
and obviously the most important thing is a healthy baby <laughs> and a happy mom. Um, but then like, if things aren't, don't go how you want, there's like, it's not just like an end all be all type situation. So I think that's really cool that there are people out there who like specialize in helping to lessen both for mom and baby, like to kind of heal from any experience that maybe yeah. wasn't ideal. Well, essentially it's like, um, it's a form of like PTSD. If you have a very traumatic birth, um, I don't know the emotions surrounding it. And then going forward when you're getting pregnant again, you carry a lot of baggage. If you don't, yeah. if you don't work through it, you know what I mean? Whether that's with a professional, which I highly recommend or, Me too. you know, on your own, just kind of trying to figure things out. But yeah, we'll get into that. I'm sure. And I'll, yeah, I'll share my journey and how I prepared for the second one. So yeah, I can't wait for that. Yeah. Sweet. Well, thank you all for listening. Um, if you have questions, you can always feel free to reach out to me directly, like DM through Instagram or email us at modern mamas podcast.com or modern mamas podcast at gmail.com. No, not yet. (laughs) But you can find on both of our websites, our information. I'm my radical roots.com. Jess is um, hold the space wellness.com. We each have a tab for podcasts. So you could even comment on those posts. So if you find this episode posts on my blog and want to ask some questions there, I can respond that way. Um, but we're here for you and I'm, I'm so glad you listened. It means the world and thank you all for the support throughout this process and, um, and onward. Yeah. And just a quick note about like when we say it's in the show notes or we're going to put links in the show notes, um, right now, I don't think iTunes let, lets you do that like on the, in actual iTunes or else I haven't figured it out. But, um, if you want to like see actual live links of anything that we're talking about, it would be on our respective websites. So like when Laura posts, you can click the links there or what on my website, you can click the links there as well. So, yeah. yeah. So just a little, yeah. In case yeah, people and then- are wondering. That, that's, I'm glad you clarified because actually I just had that clarified for me today. Yeah. <laughs> so links are on our websites and then you can also find us on social media and laura.radicalroots on Instagram and Jess's just.holdthespace. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll be back next week with another, not sure yet, I, I believe another guest. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned. We've got some really awesome shows in the, in the works for you guys. So, and then if there's anything you want to hear about or any guests you want to hear from, uh, let us know that too. And we'll, and we've loved the messages with, um, things that you guys want to know and want to hear. So keep those coming and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Leave us a review. You're about to hear more about a giveaway. Um, and the very first step is to do that. So, uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. (laughs) all right bye guys bye we'll see you guys later so we have been hinting at an awesome giveaway for you guys for a few weeks now and we are so excited to finally launch it we've teamed up with some of our all-time favorite companies to bring you a chance at some killer prizes and the best part is that entering is a breeze with a couple simple steps, you can win prizes from not one, not two, but three different brands. We'll be giving away a full month supply of Paleo Valley's Organ Complex, yum, a box of Epic Bison Bacon Cranberry Bars, and a box of Epic Salmon Strips. That sounds amazing. And a week's worth of Chameleon Cold Brew. The Organ Complex was huge for me for fertility preconception, and it's played a large part in my postpartum recovery. The Epic Snacks are perfect for a mom or anyone really, on the go or busy with a newborn. I'm speaking from experience here. And who doesn't love Chameleon Cold Brew? It's the best on the market. All you have to do to enter between now and August 9th is subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave a review. It's as simple as that. 
Every review is an entry to win. We'll choose and announce the winner on our Wednesday podcast, August 9th. Best of luck.